for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. Little known fact about myself is that when I was younger, I forgot exactly when, but um, I wanted to be an archaeologist, right? And um, I don't know if it was before or after watching Indiana Jones, but I'm sure Indiana Jones had a huge influence on a lot of kids, uh, probably like me, to become or oh, wanting to become archaeologists. But, you know, to this day, I actually really love history. I love all things about history, different cultures and history, history and things like that. But, um, you know, and I do remember watching Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that Ark is actually the Ark of the Covenant uh, that we are going to talk about today. But the movie portrays the Ark in a misguided way, right? A typical secular view of the supernatural in that the supernatural is basically there for our benefit, for a tool for humans' use and benefit. And so, you know, the movie, I don't know if you watched it or if you remember, but uh, the Nazi army generals, they want to use the Ark to conquer the world kind of thing, right? Like they think because it says in the Old Testament that the Ark went before the armies of Israel and they conquered everything, they thought, you know, just, yeah, anyone just grab the Ark and go and everything will just kind of be defeated, right? Very misguided view, very shallow view right, of something that's very holy. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of what the world thinks, uh, right? But our correct understanding is that we are in His hands. We do not hold the powers of God in our hand for our benefit, but it's actually about us being in His presence, and that ultimately leads us. And the purpose is relationship. So let's read the passage, and then we'll continue. Exodus chapter 37, verses 1 through 16. Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. He overlaid it with pure gold, both inside and out, and made a gold molding around it. He cast four gold rings for it and fastened them to its four feet, with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, and he inserted the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. He made the atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide. Then he made two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. He made one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. At the two ends he made them of one piece with the cover. The cherubim had wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherubim faced each other, looking toward the cover. They made the table of acacia wood, two cubits long, a cubit wide, and a cubit and a half high. Then they overlaid it with pure gold and made a gold molding around it. They also made around it a rim a handbreadth wide and put a gold molding on the rim. They cast four gold rings for the table and fastened them to the four corners where the four legs were. The rings were put close to the rim to hold the poles used in carrying the table. 
The poles for carrying the table were made of acacia wood and were overlaid with gold. And they made from pure gold the articles for the table, its plates and dishes and bowls and its pitchers for the pouring out of drink offerings. Similar to yesterday, uh, today's passage and the content, the, the ark, is also mentioned in an earlier passage in Exodus, chapter 25, verses 10 to 22, which was covered on June 13th in Living Life. Now, yesterday we covered the tabernacle um, for this month, July, but then in June, the ark actually came before the tabernacle, if you go back and if you remember from yesterday. So the June timeline in the Living Life, book and then you know going through Exodus, we have uh, things presented in the order of significance. Whereas in the July timeline, where we are now, it's in the order of construction. So in June, the Ark is mentioned first because it is the most important aspect of everything in terms of the tabernacle and everything. It is the presence of God. And the Ark holds the law, which is God's supreme revelation to his people. It's one of the most tangible, right? Um, maybe the only tangible, or you have the whole tabernacle and ark as well, but it is one of the most important tangible revelation of God to his people. And it's kept inside the ark. And so the ark is the center of everything, which is also in the most holy place, representing the presence of God in the midst of his people. Peter Enns, uh, who is a commentator that I love, that I had the pleasure of, you know, um, meeting actually in person one day a long time ago when I was in seminary before I knew he was so wise and in that he wrote uh, one of my favorite commentaries, right? And the best commentary on uh, the book of Exodus, actually. Uh, he said, the ark is the focus of God's presence with his people, the central point of contact between heaven and the tabernacle, the earthly symbol of heaven. Isn't that beautiful? Now, speaking of symbols of heaven, the cherubim um, that you know, appears on the cover on top of the, the ark is also shown throughout, in design throughout the tabernacle as well, right? Now, it is a sign that the tabernacle itself is a representation of God's heavenly dwelling. It is not of this earth, right, and that design. The presence of the cherubim also emphasizes the holiness of the ark and of the tabernacle itself as well. We don't know a lot about the cherubim, uh, but we know that they are angelic, uh, kind of similar to the seraphs that are mentioned in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. Um, so they're like angelic beings, and they live, and they are in the presence of God always. And remember, any image of God is forbidden, right? So they cannot you know, they don't have any images of God to even copy. And so the kind of the best they could do is the angelic heavenly beings that are around God. And so we have this, um, the, the cherubim um, represented. And so again, holiness, the holiness of God, the heavenliness of God is being emphasized even with the cherubim. Going from the bottom up of the, of the ark, we have the ark itself, which is an, a box, right? It's actually an open box, and you know we have the items inside, and then we have the cover. The cover is referred to as the atonement cover, and on the cover you have the two cherubim that are facing the are uh, facing down with their wings kind of going on top. And I'm sure you know you've seen 
pictures or diagrams, illustrations of this, and you can look it up as well. Um, some look more beautiful than others, but basically a kind of an angel kneeling on top of the ark, looking down and their wings are kind of spanning forward, kind of almost touching at the center. So from above this cover, between the cherubim, it says in chapter 5, verse 22, God will meet with his people and speak with them. So if you kind of step back and look at the ark, maybe a slightly angled upwards kind of thing, it's like an approach to a throne where the, the most holy place is the throne room and it's kind of like an ascension to the throne of God that is actually invisible and between the wings of the cherubim. Now, next thing that we have is the table of, uh, for the bread of presence. Now, this is also mentioned earlier in Exodus in chapter 25, verses 23 to 30, which was covered uh, in June 14. Now, this table has one purpose and one purpose only, to hold the bread of the presence. Now, we, again, we don't know a lot about the bread nor the table. But if we kind of fast forward to Leviticus chapter 24, verse 6, it says, 12 loaves of bread, two rows of six are to be placed on the table. Um, and most people agree uh, that the number, the 12, represents the, tri the tribes of Israel, the 12, 12 tribes of Israel. So according to Exodus 24, verses 8 to 9, this bread is to be set out fresh weekly um, on the Sabbath, and then the priests are to dispose of it properly by eating it within the confines of the tabernacle. Now, the term bread of presence that we have in today's translation is ambiguous and literally translated from the Hebrew. It's the bread that is in the presence, and it's implied the presence of God. So, just literally the bread that is in the presence of God as it sits on the table in the holy place. Now, what is the common thing between these two parts, these two sections and things that we just talked about, the ark and the table? The word presence was used multiple times in both sections. And remember, the overarching theme of Exodus is God setting apart a people to be his own and teaching them how to have a relationship with Him. And relationships require quality time, right? Quality time in each other's presence. Again, if we go back to chapter 24, verse 9, it says, um, from verse 9 to 11, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel climbed up the mountain. This is Mount Sinai. There they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet, there seemed to be a surface of brilliant blue lapis azuli, as clear as the sky itself. And though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in his presence. So the bread representing the people of God, eaten in his presence, could be a weekly reminder. It was to be a weekly reminder of God's covenant with his people. And what is the modern day way that we talk about this reminder? It's worship. And we have weekly worship on the Lord's day, right? And we, you know, we can worship anytime at all times as well, but specifically, especially on the Lord's day. And I think this is a great topic to talk about our application next. Mm -hmm. 
So talking about these two items, the ark that is in the most holy place, and then the table which is outside in the holy place holding 12 loaves of bread or 12 yeah, loaves or 12 bread, like what is the connection? And I think the connection that I suggested would like to offer is that of presence and worship. So worshiping in the presence of God. And so, you know, thinking about our modern day worship, I think there's a lot that we can think about because sometimes presence of God is the last thing that we think about when we think about worship. We think about going to worship, and when we do that, what are we looking forward to? I think very often we look forward to anything and everything but the presence of God. There are so many other things that we think about, that we look forward to before we look forward to the presence of God. Worship is a time and place that we meet God. That's worship. That's it, right? Worship. But what else? Who else do we look forward to when we go to worship, when we enter worship, when we are ready to worship? I think that is a very important question for us today. Yeah, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the tabernacle. We thank you for the ark. We thank you for the table with the bread. Um, many, many years ago uh, that you instructed the Israelites uh, to build and to have with them in the center of their camp at all times as an earthly representation of your presence uh, in this world, O oh God, in this fallen world, this world that did not know you, uh, that was only just beginning to know you. And I thank you, Lord, that today uh, we have your scripture. We have the, the history um, within the scriptures, Lord, um, to learn more and to grow from. And God, I pray that we have grown a bit and we want to continue, continue to grow even more. And I pray that our worship and our attitude and our hearts for worship would grow, O oh God to desire your presence, to seek your presence above all else and anyone else, Lord, the presence of you, to meet you, to know you more. May that be the motivator and the driver of our worship this week, O oh God. And so teach us, um, show us, Lord, um, how we are to apply this, to change, to do and not do so that we can meet you in your presence, in your house, in worship this week. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, CGM.